I had the opportunity to speak to a cancer survivor, Jason Miller, and he had resilience. He was um, amazingly happy and feel blessed and love, knowing that people surrounded him and gave him strength. He built relationship with his parents and um, he didn't give up. So you must not give up. Don't let pain define you. Let it refine you. If you don't like something, just change it. Difficult roads often leads to a beautiful destination. It is difficult to say what is impossible, but nothing is impossible. Cancer changes lives every day, every second actually, every moment. But oftentimes it's for the better. So don't lose hope. Keep on holding on. Whoever is listening to this message, you don't have to be cancer. It can be lots of different things. It could be mental illness. It could be physical. It could be spiritual. It could be emotional. Don't give up. Hold on. Find the right people that will encourage you. Find the right people that will support you truly and not just for a moment. Surround yourself with people that you truly know who loves and care for you. And just keep on smiling. Keep on shining and just keep on loving others and others will love you back. So take the time to listen to the podcast. It is very, very encouraging words with Jason. And it was wonderful to know that he made it and he's in remission right now after going through this ordeal, fighting and battling cancer. So enjoy. Hey guys, welcome to Recharge, Rebuild, and Restored. Tonight, I am blessed with the opportunity to meet an amazing person I've known for the past few years who have just recovered and a survivor of the big sea guy's cancer. So without any further ado, let us please welcome Mr. Jason Miller to the podcast. Welcome, thank you, Jason. Thank you. Well, thank you so much. I, I, I'm so um, honored to, to know that we prayed for you. And I'm right here tonight talking to you. Right. To hear about your amazing journey with dealing with cancer. So tell mm. us a little about you and who you are. Yeah. Well, uh, Jason Miller is first and fo- foremost a huge fan and friend of Jesus Christ. Um, I joined, um, I got into a relationship uh, with Jesus in 2007 uh, Mm -hmm. and my life hasn't been the same. Uh, He has brought me through many, many, many hills and many amazing moments in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, I, since uh, coming into the faith in 2007 by joining uh, the local church. Um, I've been super passionate about uh, youth, teens, and young adults. Um, I've worked in uh, the youth ministry capacity for uh, three churches in the Montreal area and uh, and two churches in the the United States. And um, by trade, I am a youth. uh, I am a life coach for teens, kids, and young adults. Awesome. Uh, So my life has been pretty centered around the idea of helping people become better versions of themselves 
Awesome. And uh, I definitely owe any success I've had to my relationship with God as he is the architect of, uh, of our life experience. And right. I'm simply the messenger of that great news. Well, that's wonderful to know that you're on a path where you're trying to leave and to guide and tell others and show others how to be the best self, which is great. Because sometimes, you know, we as mentors, sometimes we, we give others, but we don't take it and imply it into our own lives, right? Mm -hmm. so Absolutely. How, how are you seeing that you're a coach and coaching others? How do you take that same perspective and put it into your daily lives? Well, it's definitely one thing to give encouragement to, you know, teens and kids uh, and young adults going through rough moments in their lives. Right. It's another thing to take those very same ideas and concepts right. and right. apply them to yourself. You know, mm -hmm. quite often we can be our own worst, uh, our own worst judge. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's very difficult to, to practice what you preach when you're the one going through the, the thick of it in the end. So I'd say for me, uh, it's, it's been a challenge because a lot of, a lot of the things that we say when people are going through a tough time are things that are trite, things that are superficial. And, mm -hmm. you know, at the end, when we're looking for the same comfort, it doesn't really land the way it ought to. Nice. Uh, so I've been learning to appreciate uh, genuine um, concern and genuine sympathy and, and genuine encouragement um, at wherever it comes from. Oh, okay. So how, how did you find out what was wrong with you and what was the symptoms at the time? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, actually, uh, this took place... Um, well, we're going on about a year and a year and, a, uh, and three months ago at this point. Um, I was working as a uh, kids leader for Storyline Adventist Church uh, out in uh, Eugene, Oregon. And uh, I <laughs> was actually, just to give a little context, Rosalind, right. I was in the best shape of my life. Um, I've always been kind of heavy set. Okay. Um, throughout my, my teens and young adults, I've always been a bit overweight. Um, mm -hmm. but, uh, I decided to head over to the West coast in 2019. Uh, and I managed, uh, through, uh, great food choices and, you know, an active lifestyle, um, right. to lose, uh, roughly 60 pounds, which wow. was tremendous for me. Yeah. Which was tremendous for me. Uh, awesome. so I got to the point where I was able to you know, run uh, three kilometers and uh, in 12 to 15 minutes. And, you know, I was able to lift again. I was able to run again. I was able to, to do so much again with my body. And I've, right. I just felt like a new person. And um, I'd say probably the first symptoms began around August of 2020. You know, I just started to experience a lot of uh, cramping uh, in my body and my abdomen. Right. Um, that wasn't normal. It was just ah, a little bit like a shooting pain here and a shooting pain there. But, you know, I never really paid too much attention to it because, you know, I'd been working out so frequently. I figured that it was just these growing pains that were always happening. Right. Uh, so I didn't pay it, pay it much in mind, but mm. uh, getting into September and October, things started to get a little bit more concerning. 
um, right. around about seven o'clock, I would start having extreme hot flashes. It would right. be super, super hot no matter what. I'd, you know, be in the house and say like, is the heat on? No, no, it really isn't. And, you know, for those of us that know, you know, I mean, like Eugene, Oregon is probably one of the most like wettest, uh, you know, like damp atmospheres in, in the States, you know? So it's very rare outside of July for it to be tremendously hot. But me, I was having hot flashes. Like I was, you know, sick, like I was uh, on the sun. Um, so uh, that was, uh, that was very weird. Um, but then the third and final symptom that was most concerning um, would be uh, the middle of the night where per after these hot flashes would happen, um, I would wake up in the middle of the night um, drenched in sweat. Wow. So, you know, here I am thinking, man, I got to turn down the heat in my house. <laughs> you know, I'm thinking like, I got to turn down, I got to open the window at night because all it would be consistent. Right. You know, every few days, I would wake up in a, in a, in a heap of sweat. I'd have to change my, my t-shirt. It would be ridiculous. But again, here I am thinking, oh, well, an abdominal cramp, I'm just working out. That's right. Uh, you know, yeah. hot flashes. I just need to turn the heat down. Right. I think this is serious, something serious, right? Like mm -hmm. sometimes we need to pay attention to these warning signs and, you know, we are often um, very good at, at persuading ourselves there's no problem and really there is a problem right and sometimes too we we don't take it that seriously because we say you know maybe something else because as you said you was working out your body's changing you think that you're losing weight you're having mm -hmm. a cramp they're doing more weights and you're trying to build a muscle so you think the muscle is shredding all the fat and it's not that mm -hmm. it's something else what's reacting in your body and you're not listening to your body right so it's mm -hmm. very important to that we listen to our body and know what our body is made up of so when we are going through any different changes in our body. We know it's not right. Something is off, right? And our intuition yeah. to sometimes tell us, but sometimes we don't listen to our intuition as well because we mm -hmm. want to think that now we're going to just brush it off because it's, everything is okay, right? Yeah. God has God. given us markers and God has given us markers to pay attention to, right? Mm -hmm. Like at, at the end of the day, you know, our body... Our, our body can give us signs to, to let us know that things are, are well and or things are not well. And it's up to us to pay attention to them. Mm -hmm. And uh, just as a side note, Rosalind, right. this was all, all happening um, in the, the heat of the pandemic, right? Yeah. Um, so whenever I started to get, whenever I started to get hot, I automatically came to the conclusion, fever, I need to have a COVID test. I passed every single one of my COVID tests. Okay. And I, uh, because I didn't have COVID, you know, it was right. um, just, uh, just a high fever due to, due to my condition. But that's mm -hmm. another thing that just to further your point, right? Like exactly. whenever I went to a, whenever I got super hot and had a fever, you know, I would go get a COVID test. I would pass it and automatically think that there it's could be okay. no other problem. That's right. Everything's fine. There's, hey, I passed the COVID test. What else could be wrong? That's right. right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes mm -hmm. we give ourselves license to believe, right. you know, what we want to believe. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, I mean, I'll, I'll move forward in, 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 in the story a bit, but, you know, just to, just to keep in mind that it's really important to remain open to the fact that, you know, one of your art, well, you know, I mean, recovery, 
you know, um, is, uh, is a process that needs to be committed to. Mm, so, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it needs to be commit. You need to commit to it. So um, after um, these initial symptoms right. and, you know, just downplaying them, I made the journey back to, uh, back to Montreal by car. Um, and throughout the journey, you can bet, you know, I was dealing with the same things, abdominal cramps and, you know, uh, and hot flashes and night sweats every single night. Um, mm. And by the time I got back to Montreal and I was isolating, um, I was just, uh, it, 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 the symptoms became more and more violent. Uh, wow. You know, there would be times where I would be very cold and mm-hmm. then very hot. Mm-hmm. Um, there were times where I would be trembling uncontrollably. Um, wow. And, um, you know, sometimes I have, I have to admit, you know, as a, as a gentleman, <laughs> you're very, uh, you can be very, very uh, hesitant to- Stop it. I wouldn't, say, I would say, I wouldn't say, I would say stubborn. Because you know, men, yeah. <laughs> and especially, and especially to our culture, they think right. that they are so mature and strong, like nothing is wrong, right. everything is fine. You know, I know that you're walking yeah. in the gym. I think I'm strong. I can. That's nothing is wrong. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm just having some symptoms because yeah. something we don't know what it is, but I think I'm fine. And reality yeah. is, you're not. And just go and get yeah. a help needed. But sometimes we wait so long that it takes mm. long. To find out, and when he finds out, is someone is way further advanced. Whereas if we had checked right away, there was more choices or easier to solve the problem. You know. Yeah. yeah. One thing I've I've learned is that a better kind of you know as as strong as I thought I was. Right. You know, like a a better kind of strength. Yeah. Is recognizing and that an issue is an issue. Right. And also, you know, being vulnerable enough with yourself mm-hmm. uh, to admit that there's a problem and that you can't solve it on by yourself. So, just, mm-hmm. yeah, so I essentially, you know, needed to come to this. Uh, I needed to come to this realization. And, you know, my my lovely wife of two years um, told me, hey, you know, you need to see a doctor. Um, and I went to the local clinics uh, here in Montreal uh, and had an extremely frustrating experience right. um, where, you know, test results would be lost and my um, diagnoses were unclear at best. And right. I have to say I was I was discouraged from from moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, but then one night um, the tipping point occurred where. Um, I, myself and my wife were, were, uh, watching a, we're watching a movie together and, uh, I started to, I started to seize convulsively out of control. Um, my, I, I couldn't stop shaking. I couldn't stop shivering and, and it, it really scared her, um, to the point where there was no other alternative, but to, you know, go to the. Um, emergency room the the day after and do not leave until I have a and and do not leave until I have a, a definitive understanding as to what is what is going on because something is very clearly 
he's not uh, right. Something is very clearly wrong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I I go to uh, the local hospital here in uh, in Montreal. I want definitely want to give a huge shout out to the oncology team at the the Jewish General. Um, they're fantastic human beings, uh, very mission minded human beings who took me at a very sensitive moment in my life and and got and and helped me to to navigate it. Um, I went to uh, I went to to the hospital and sat in, uh, in the emergency room uh, and went through the standard tests, X-rays, scans, and you know it was it was tedious. And um, by the end of the day, after having sat in the in the emergency room um, from about uh, I'd say about nine thirty in the morning, so I think it was about uh, three three thirty in the afternoon. Um, they, uh, they called my name and said, uh, are you Mr. Miller? I'm like, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm here. Here mm-hmm. I am thinking that they're just going to ask me to take another test, right. another blood test. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they said, okay, yeah, you're Mr. Miller. I need you to get into the stretcher immediately. Wow. I'm like, okay. Uh, all right. So here I'm, I'm, by the way, I'm, I'm perfectly capable of walking. If you told me, follow yeah. me, that would have been fine. You know, but uh, he says, no, you need to get in the stretcher and I need to actually push you. And I'm oh, like, wow. okay, all right. So I hop into the stretcher. You, how did that make you feel? Knowing that well, you walk, and know you can walk and they tell you you have to go into a stretcher right away. Yeah, I felt very vulnerable, right? There's, right yeah. I would have preferred to take it standing on my own two feet. Right. But no, I, it was apparently required for me to jump into the stretcher. And I think that was me preparing. You know, I think God does, does some amazing, amazing moves, like chess right. moves throughout this entire experience. Right. If, I had rece- if I had received the news I was about to receive standing up, Probably I thought- might have interpreted differently. Wow. But, if, but because I received the news I received, on my back, hmm. um, there was a degree of, of hearing that uh, finally occurred to me. So they pushed me into a, a separate room, um, hmm. proximate to the ER, and a, um, a, a medical assistant um, enters the room and asks me my name and asks me to confirm my date of birth, and my address. I do that. And then he says one line, which I'll never forget. He says, how much do you know? How much do you know? And, you know, I, I kind of, things got a little bit, uh, confused, confused, <laughs> things got confused. a little bit surreal for me at this point. Sorry, go ahead. That's a confusion, like right there, like what's going on? Yeah, things got a little confusing and also very surreal, right? Because, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, he asked me the one question that I had been declining to answer every single time I had the opportunity to look into this, right? Mm-hmm. You know, how, how much do you really know, right? Um, at the time, I was just like, well, I know, I, I know nothing. <laughs> I was not told, I, I was not told anything. I simply came here to have a definitive answer right. as to my situation. And they asked me to get into this bed and, and come to this room. So right. the, 
Um, medical assistant told me that according to one of the scans I had done earlier that day, right. that they had detected a um, they had detected a growth in my lymph nodes and um, were almost ninety. At that point, they were almost eighty percent certain um, that I had Hodgkin's lymphoma uh, oh. cancer. Mm-hmm. And um, just so you know, just to give a, I'm sure your viewers know, um, lymphatic cancer is essentially uh, a cancer of the lymph nodes, which um, are essentially like big filters for your blood. Um, Your, the lymph nodes make sure that your blood, uh, your blood stays clean. Um, And also that, you know, any like you know, bacteria or any foreign bodies are filtered out. But uh, yeah, that's what your lymph nodes do. But when your lymph nodes fail to to do that or your lymph nodes are compromised, then your bloodstream becomes compromised. And that is uh, that is definitely not good because, you know, your blood is essentially what carries everything carries energy and carries yeah. so much it's like the super highway of the body you know and keeps you uh, going daily so, exactly mm-hmm. so there were i i have we have lymph nodes in our collarbone we have lymph nodes in our in our abdomen and we have lymph nodes everywhere mm-hmm. um however i had detected they had detect, detected um cancer in the lymph nodes in my abdomen Okay. They had also detected cancer in the lymph nodes in my right collarbone. Um, so they uh, they laid that on me, and Rosalind, I'm, <laughs> this is this is probably my biggest takeaway from this point, right? right? Is that I get this news. They tell me you have Hodgkin's lymphoma. This the first thing I say is but that's cancer. Right. And they said, yeah, you're right. That's cancer. Mm-hmm. And then I said, but it means I'm going to have to go on treatment. And right. I said, yeah, you're going to have to. Mm-hmm. And then my immediate response after that was, but I can't have cancer. I need to work on Thursday. And, but you know, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, I understand. Like, it's, it's surreal, right? It's surreal because, because it, you, you went in because you're not sure. And then you wasn't expecting to have that sort of news, right? You hear that you have lymph, lymph nodes. Cancer is like, what are you saying? I have to work. I didn't come in for yeah. that. I just come in to know if I can get some prescription to get out of here and go back to live oh, my yeah. life oh, the yeah. way it were, normal, with normalcy. Exactly. But then, change is change so what happened after that well <laughs> i i i said to the team i have to work on thursday i can't have cancer and i was in the, there was this brief moment of denial where right. i just refused to accept that i had cancer because i needed to i wasn't finished living i wasn't finished living my life that's right and you know like this was a huge lesson for me rosalind because yes. you know Anybody that knows me knows that I'm a busybody. I work we with kids. That. Yes. You know, I, <laughs> I move. I'm, I do a thousand things a, a second. Um, I'm, I'm a hard worker. And, you know, I, I, I don't stop. I don't stop. 
So cancer was probably the biggest brick wall of my, of my, my young adult life. Like Mm -hmm. with, with cancer, I couldn't work out with cancer. I couldn't work with cancer. I had to literally stop my entire life. But two things happened when that, when, when that went down, number one, it, it forced me to re in not reinterpret, but, uh, but to, to, to re accept rest, you know, rest is so critical to the human experience that sometimes God will use specific, uh, specific moments in your life to show you how much you actually need it. And when I stopped and was, I had no other alternative to sit, but simply to rest, recovery became that much more accessible to me. You see, the, the reason why I wasn't able to recover in my, in my own understanding, the reason right. I wasn't able uh, to recover was because I refused to stop. I refused to rest. And such is life. But you know you what? Know? Yeah. You know what? The, the, the body is, as I said, is a temple, right? And yes, it is. it's defined what we put in there, mentally, mm. physically, spiritually, and mentally. And mm. we all and if we do the eight laws of, of, of life, we know that we have to rest, we have to eat yeah, properly, yeah. get sunlight, we have to do a, 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 a spiritual, emotional, everything that goes with it. But when it's off balance, God is so mm-hmm. amazing that he will, he will take charge and stop you mm-hmm. in your path that you need to stop. Yeah. You yeah. need to refocus, yeah. you need to recharge. But yeah. it's not working anymore. So either you stop, or something else will happen. And what happened is that exactly. it came to you right now that you have to say, okay, God, right now, I just have to just chill, take it easy and just revamp exactly. myself, you know? Yeah, and aren't we, but, and aren't we just a product of the culture we live in, right? The 24 seven, right. get information yeah. at the mo- at the fingertips, yeah. get it done, get it done, get it done, next yeah. deadline, what's on your eye, what's on your calendar, next, yeah. next, 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 get it done, get it done. Our culture is defined by productivity. productivity. Our, our, our culture is defined by busyness and doing. But mm-hmm. there is a space that mm-hmm. God wants all of us to know about where mm-hmm. it's important to take periods of rest. Fresh. It's so yeah. critical and so vital. Yeah. So, yeah, I literally got that news and, you know, was forced to really take recovery on board and apply it to my life. Now, hey, once I started embracing recovery in the fullest sense of the word, um, not only simply onboarding the idea of recovery, you know, mentally, but also spiritually as well, uh, Rosalind, you have no idea how everything that is important in life becomes so laser focused. Oh, yeah. And everything that is Everything that is not important is just go straight to the back of the line. It's, it's, it's very interesting how health, how health Mm -hmm. can do those things, how can align your sensors. If you ever wanted to know what was important in your life, you know, have be, be, be diagnosed with a terminal disease. Once you're diagnosed with a terminal disease, 
you will know who the right people to talk to are. You'll right. know who the people you want to call are. You'll know the peop- the time you want to spend. You won't be bored. You'll know exactly how you want to spend every last second of your life. And wow. health does that. Health communicates the the things that are important in life. And I also think that too is a gift from God because, you know, this is uh, this experience has been um a bit was was definitely challenging on my marriage it was definitely challenging on my relationship with my wife you Mm -hmm. know she had never been through something like this before and she stood up you know just to use your phrase a little bit earlier you know i mean she was my cheerleader you know she uh went as uh, she did everything that she could to get herself you know familiar with hodgkin's lymphoma and how um, she could be a, how, how you could be a benefit to, to a cancer patient. And she went out of her way to, to try to support my health, you know, um, uh, not only physically, but also emotionally and spiritually as well. Um, so, you know, I, I, I really, really appreciate the, the, the experience for that. Um, my, my relationship with my mother has always been quite strained. Um, right. But uh, upon this diagnosis, um, I, <laughs> it was almost like things took a, a complete 180. And things that, you know, have never been said between myself and my mother were being said on a daily, you know, wow. I mean, you know who you want to say I love you to when right. you're diagnosed with a terminal disease. Right. The, 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 the thing that we need to communicate somehow to our Mm -hmm. audience, as well as to our own hearts, Rosalind, is, hey, how can we communicate the importance of these things without necessarily requiring a terminal disease? But I I think you say it in the right perspective, because you know what? Because Mm -hmm. of what you've been through, you have make a 180 turnaround where you see what the importance of life is for you. You see what is more important who is important why what and where you know what you have to stop and say okay now i'm taking a break this is what i want to do at this moment you don't take anything for granted anymore do you right no uh, no why? not at all why because it's not important as before you put it in the back burner now and what's important you will do right away and what's not important you say you know what stop it can wait yeah. you can do it yeah. another time because that's not important yeah. Yeah. before so you're saying that, and, and I was just about to ask a question, but you already jumped on onto it, is about your community. So your wife was amazing to you and your family is intact in where everybody's trying to find the time to spend with you, which is more precious than just having um, distance now, you're getting closer. So how mm. was the whole community was able to, to help you on a spiritual level, physical level, uh, mental level, emotional level, and also health-wise, yeah, um, impact on your life. Learning about cancer, you end up getting closer to your family. Oh yeah, um, cancer. So, was there any other part of the community that helped you along the way, emotionally, physically, spiritually, and mentally? And was oh, yeah. Give oh, you- yeah. Okay, go ahead. Well, well, I needed to I needed be, to be uh, taken, taken to. to- 
because my wife, my wife, although I thought I was more than capable, capable, my wife, my wife didn't really didn't want me really to get to, get to my, to my, um, my treatment, my treatment uh, on my own. So, so um, my, my brothers, my brothers and, uh, and my father, my father um, uh, took it upon took themselves it upon to, to organize kind of like a, like a lift schedule. So they would bring me to my treatments and drive me home afterward. Right. And ultimately how it fell into place is my, my, my father elected to pick me up every, every treatment day, bring me to the, bring me to the hospital to get treatment and then take me home. And this is significant, Rosalind, because um, uh, you know, you know I, before, I, before before my before treatment, treatment um, uh, I would see I would my father see my probably father once uh, a year, wow. um, uh, if anything, maybe twice, twice, twice a year, twice a year if, there if there was something happening, but it was very seldom. Very seldom. So to go so from to go seeing from him once a year, uh, to, to once every two weeks, weeks wow. um, uh, was, was, was absolutely, absolutely um, uh, <laughs> a relational game changer. I ultimately was the kid who was waiting for my dad to show up, was always looking at the clock, super getting super disappointed because he wouldn't be there. And somehow God aligned things that he would, he would be the one bringing me and he would be on time and he would be connecting with me in a way that I, I forgot, forgot I required, required to connect. And uh, I had a conversation uh, during our drive to the, the, the treatment. We would often talk about, you know, life. And as a adult now, I felt more confident, more in my skin, able to level with him on certain areas of life, you know, that I'd always wanted to know more about. And he was open too. And right. the funny thing is, is, on my last on my treatment date, treatment date uh, he had uh, said he had to, me to me that, that he was a little, he was, a he little was happy that happy the treatment that had come to an end, but, but a little a bit little sad because, because we had a, it was like for six months, we had a standing date. Bondage. He was and, bonding and every time. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, you have to understand, Rosalind, yeah, Rosalind, for my entire, for my entire life, life, my entire 37 years of living, <laughs> Uh, I have been the one on our, in this relationship who has always been reaching out, who has always been going and, and wanting to time, trying to go and get to know. And this was the very first time in my entire life that my dad ever said, I want to spend more time with you. I'm sorry that the time we're spending is coming to an end. We should keep doing this. Mm. That was absolutely, absolutely unreal and, and a, an absolute god thing. Never would have happened though if I was if I if I hadn't been diagnosed with with my my cancer. But but you know so, what? God yeah, is so amazing. Yeah. It's so amazing mm-hmm, to know. Mm-hmm. He knows exactly the right time, when and how. Yeah, and sometimes yeah. we don't know how, we don't know why, but it's mm-hmm. a reason why. Because if that didn't happen, you wouldn't have get that relationship with your father. And when you had that relationship, did you uh, feel that you have to forgive him for the way he was treated before? Or you were so grateful that he was sent 
back to you that you could just spend time with him and forget about the past and move on. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I was I, just, I, just so, so in the moment in, that, right. that all of all the previous, previous crimes, crimes that have been committed, committed and there were and, many <laughs> um, uh, against, against me and against our relationship, relationship just right. seems insignificant. Again, right. this is a, this is a, kind of uh, this kind of clarity comes from from dealing with the terminal right i can simply right. remain disgruntled over the issues of the past or i can choose to ruin the moment and accept the kind of recovery that god had in store for for me in our relationship and today we just had supper together that's awesome and i think to what's important to you right now is that as important as before you know what you take to make a big fuss about and to go over and, and take it for granted is not that important what's important now is spending time with your loved ones and sharing right, memories right. that you have for a lifetime that when you look back there you can laugh and you can cry and you can right. just smile right. instead of having pain and having sadness because mm. as it says happiness overcome everything else of pain and laughter is yeah. the best medicine yeah. if you can oh, yes, have and spend that time with you, your father, why waste the time hovering about things that's already gone and it wouldn't come back to change? And now you have an opportunity to change the past and make it even better for both of you, you know? Yeah, yeah. Some of us can choose to hang on, yeah. hang on to hang anger on. and resentment. Um, right. uh, and, uh, and uh, you know, ultimately, you know, those are those two, those two are it's uh, it's uh, like cancer, like cancer for, for your heart, your cancer for your for your mind, your mind. cancer for cancer your emotions. For your, you know, you know. Um, um, God is God is asking, asking us to, to take the take burdens the burden of that of the, those of those those wounds and right. give them and to give him. Them you know, there was you a know, very interesting quote, quote. You know. Yeah. Uh, that, uh, that, that, that that I read that quite I read not quite too long ago, ago is that, that you know, you know in, in in heaven and on the new earth the only the only hands with scars on them are the hands that hold you today. Amen. And you know it's you know, very it's very important to recognize that you know we're headed to a place if God gets His way in our lives, if God gets His way in your life and in my life. Right. We are headed to a place where there is no pain, there is no relational sorrow, there is no relational heartbreak, and we ought to live that. We ought to start living that way today, living in anticipation for that life today, and that's just that's just amazing. So yeah, my, my dad has been has been rock solid, um, and there is there are so many other people who are praying for me. You know, many friends and family members in the church, many churches across the the country, and you know, in the states, and you know, the, the, let's the, let's generalize it and say many over the world, all over the over world. The world. Let's just keep on going, right? Let's yeah. just keep on going yeah. all over the world. Um, yeah. It was a great was moment. Great and moment. honestly, and I am grateful, grateful for everyone that reached out, reached out to me. And there is and an ongoing list of people that I am calling and thanking for their right. prayer. Right. But um, right. just a note, just a word on this, a brief word on this. Um, you know, I, I firmly believe that prayer does make a difference. Yes, it does. You have to believe it. Just believe it. 
-hmm. Not only is this a, uh, not only is the prayer a, an active petition for God on the behalf of some, for, on the behalf of someone else, but for me, knowing that you care enough to actually petition God on my behalf changes the way I relate with you. You see, like when we take and go uh, vertical, to God, to God, it's to it's, me, to me, it's changing my horizontal with you. With you. And, right. and my, my relationship with, with many people, um, on the horizontal level in my spiritual community has been, um, pretty, pretty shaky. And, you know, this experience gave everyone in my circle an opportunity to show up. And, People did. And I think that's think what matters, Rosalind. Yes. When, when it counts, counts most, mm -hmm. who you who are to people, people is evidenced in your actions. Are you going to show up for them when they need it or not? Laser focus, laser clarity. You know? So, yeah, go ahead. I know this song, does it? I ask my friends to pray for me, you know? So, when you're going through, sometimes your friends, you don't even have to ask. They just yeah. feel, you know, and they will pray for you because if truly they are your friends, they will petition to God to ask oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. for that, that um, covering of, of whatever you're going through to, if it's his will to be healed or to, yeah. to guide or to teach you how to be humbler or how to, mm. to take the initiative and, and appreciate where you are in that season of what you're going through. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So no it, it's important that for what you have been through and the community that you have, because I'm telling you, the community was amazing. Like everyone I know was just petitioning for Jason Miller to wow, to, to, wow. to to bless and to and your wife to lifting up your wife to give her the strength daily to to support you and to keep you going and your family members. And, and I so think great, because so great, of all the a positive energy that's that went your way you were able to come out triumphantly and, and, and amazingly yeah. in remission with that cancer because mm -hmm. and, and attitude you have as well. Because when you, we have attitude that is not reflecting of, of, of joy and laughter and peace and, and appreciating where we are and taking that moment to, 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 to rest and to yeah. rebuild yeah. Our, 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 our temple, it's hard for us to be healed, right? But if you yeah. take the time, yeah to do that is a chance that there will be victory, you know, yeah, something yeah. will come out of that. So, so, so it's just incredible. Just talking to you is like, wow, I'm talking to Jason Miller. Like, <laughs> well, okay. well, I mean, it's, it hasn't, it's, I think it's important, think it's important to also to note that, you know, as, you know, as, amazing, as amazing as this experience is, you know, you know, the daily, the, the like, like, I would never, I would never Wish, wish this physical experience, experience of undergoing chemo, chemo which was the the path so wait, that I specifically you weren't let me ask my questions first you've taken yeah. over my yeah. podcast all right Paul, <laughs> guys. Go ahead, okay ahead. so so how how did you find strength when you was going through with the chemo how did you find strength when you was going through that part of the uh, the ungreedy and, and and the not so kindness that go that affect your body on a mental, spiritual, and emotional level. Oh, it's it's not it's easy not to navigate easy. chemo, um, um, which was which the, was the, the path, path that I chose to navigate. Um, 
regarding regarding this, regarding this specific type of cancer, cancer. Um, um, I found, I found strength, strength primarily in, in my my, uh, my relationships. Um, I, I everyone, everyone would ask me, "What do you need? What do you, what do you, want? What do you want?" I had people I had sending people me like sweaters, sweaters, and for some for reason, some people reason, send like like socks, socks to cancer patients patient with, with little, little taglines on them. I think I have like eighteen pairs of socks, socks with eighteen with little, little catchphrases. You know, and you know, I was just I like, like, thank you thank for this you gift, gift certificate. certificate. Not, necessarily not necessarily what I need, though. Need, though. Thank you thank for this pair of socks. socks. Not, exactly not exactly what I need, though. Thank, thank you for this sweater, sweater and blanket. And I, appreciate I appreciate it. it. Not, not exactly not what I need. I, need. I, think I think where I found the most found strength, strength to navigate chemo was knowing and being in relationship with people, right? Like, honestly... Spending time, time with people, with people and, and relating with people, people um, uh, was, was essentially was how I got how through I got it, through. you know? Mm-hmm. I felt, mm-hmm. I felt because, because really and truly, cancer is a very, very lonely very place to be. Um, wow. It's a very despondent very place to be. Mm-hmm. And, and you so need reminders you that you're going, going to, actually, to actually, there is there an is other side to this. There, there, there is there a, is there are, there, there is a, there is a greener, a greener pasture, pasture yonder. yonder. You know, there, <laughs> you need encouragement, and I, I, I felt, I felt so, so alone sometimes. sometimes. Like, like there were nights where I was where rolling I, around I, in, pain. in pain. You know, some you of know, the uglier parts, parts of the story, story include um, uh, when, when my, my uh, uh, white blood white cells, cells uh, got got super low. And I was neutropenic. My oncologist had me take 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 injections of grass tripil, which is essentially a stimulant that produces the components to build white blood cells from bone marrow. Okay. Yeah. And my own bone marrow. Um, uh, that being, that said, being said, when that when process, that process is, happening, is happening, it literally it feels, feels like, like people, people, like your, like your, your bones, bones are bending, are bending and, contracting and contracting and moving. And, and when your bones, yeah, yeah, when your bones move like that, it is it not is a fun space to be. Just to give you a window into this, Roswell, I remember myself rolling around on my bed as as a full-grown adult reeling in pain my my wife sitting on the ground in the corner of the room with her on the phone with the the emergency line my mother her mother uh just unsure of what to do and, and you know, you know me feeling like this pain, pain is just ripping my marriage, my marriage apart. apart. Um, uh, but but honestly, honestly, it was it took it, it was took, that it was kind of pain, pain that really that brought me brought to a place, place where, where I was dependent on God. God. My, my most significant prayers and my and most sincere prayers. prayers happened when, when I was I laid out on a hospital, hospital bed. bed. You know, like, 
like my most my sincere most prayers, prayers happened when I was, you know, you know, it was three o'clock in the morning and I couldn't sleep because I was having cramps or I was dealing with my bone marrow being feeling like an accordion, you know. It, mm-hmm. it, it's 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 those it's very dark, dark moments where you feel like I, I just want to I just want to stop. I don't care if I can if I if I, if, I, if, if whatever happens I just can't do this anymore. It's relationships, Rosalind. It's, it's the people that choose to do life side by side with you that'll give you remind you that you're not alone, and also give you the courage to just do one more day. Mm-hmm. Some of my so best my friends best said, hey, Jay, I, I, I can't tell you what life is going to be like one week from now, but I do know that you can get up tomorrow. I do know that you can put your pants on tomorrow. So don't guarantee me a month from now. Just tell me you'll do it tomorrow. And then I'll ask you the same question tomorrow. You will say that you get your strength from your family and friends and God. Absolutely. So then what, what are you take away from that season of cancer that you've been through? What is your takeaway? I think think the biggest thing I'm taking away is the absolute absolute necessity necessity we have, I'm sorry, we require for rest rest and connection connection Like, like we, we we are constantly constantly going going and going and going and going and and we don't stop. stop. Mm -hmm. And And I think think God God uses different, different means and approaches to get our attention. And Rosalind, there's only so much God can teach you by helping you find your keys. Amen. You know, there, there is, there are lessons that we need to learn Mm-hmm. And, classrooms and classrooms we need to sit in, sit in. but we spend but we our spend entire our life avoiding, avoiding those classrooms, classrooms avoiding, avoiding those moments where God where can God educate, educate us and really trigger a paradigm shift that will take our, take our lives in a different, in a different direction. direction. So, and God so cares about us so much, so much that he's willing that to halt us using, using the circumstances of our lives in my case, in my it was case, cancer, cancer to communicate how much he cares, cares about. So what, what would you say, what would you say is the lesson you learned through, through all that? Uh, uh, that, that God is, God, a, God keeps God his promises. Keeps promises. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. God keeps class? his promises. And which class, cr- classroom were you in? <laughs> the, well, I was in the, I was in the classroom, you know, <laughs> The three Hebrew boys, right? When they were in the <laughs> when they were in the furnace of fire, right? Uh, I just I say that so happy that we serve a God that enters fire, right? To communicate and do life with us. You see, awesome. you see, we could we, serve, could, we could serve a God that could say, I'm not going I'm not in the fire. fire. You come you out come here out. and we'll do life together. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. I was very literally in the fire. In the fire. <laughs> I was burning. I was burning. Okay? okay. It was, it was a very, very intense, intense life, life moment of life for me. For me. And but in many ways, still is. 
what someone was there holding you when you couldn't even hold yourself anymore. Right? Exactly. 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 I serve a God. I serve a God who has me and who and chooses to enter the enter fire to get me. To get me. That's right. That's right. And that's and that's probably something that I needed to be reminded of. Is that you know okay. we are going to continue to do life at a hundred miles an hour, but there will be moments where God wants to show us a different way. God wants to communicate something to us. He wants to communicate the heart of Jesus. And if he has to use cancer, or he's going to try, or he has to use you losing your keys. We serve a we God serve that, a God that's without, without, um, uh, without, without, without any, any reason to stop to asking, stop to stop trying. trying. He's always He's trying, trying to get our attention. Get our attention. And so, I'm glad that God hasn't given up on me. Well, that's, that's good to know. And, and then what, what would you say you learned about yourself in the lowest part, in the negative and the positive part of this decision? Mm-hmm. At the lowest At the moment, moment um, uh, I recognize that, that my own my own, my own efforts, efforts and my own, and my own talents and skills are like filthy rags. Right. I'll tell you, I'll tell you one I'll thing, you and this this kind of actually, actually sticks with me, with me is, that, is that you know, you know, growing, growing up, up, I've been, been a uh, part of I was I'm, I'm, a I'm a conversationalist. I love talking, I love talking. Um, uh, which is probably which is why probably this podcast, podcast is longer than it. It really needs to really, be. Um, uh, but uh, I, I really I, like I really talking. I really like communicating. Um, but, but part of the part chemotherapy of the treatment, treatment um, uh, really affected my um, uh, ability to to focus, to focus on conversations and also and to to retain conversations. So during the therapy, at my lowest. I couldn't, I, speak. Couldn't speak. I couldn't speak. I couldn't speak longer than, longer, you know, two you know, or three two or sentences, sentences without stammering or pausing or, or anything like that. Like that. So, so I really I learned really that the things that I thought that I made thought me great, great really were really worthless. worthless. And, the and the things that, that made, made and the things that, that um, uh, the things that the I things learned that at my lowest are what makes me great. Verily, it's just like Paul said, right? Like my, my, my drink comes, comes from weakness. From, yes. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. you know my genuine, my truest strength came from, from everything, everything I experienced and went through, went through at my life. Well, that's great. So would you see now that you're living your life differently, differently than before? Oh, goodness. Oh, absolutely. Great. You see, I didn't great. even get a chance to tell you, and I'm, I'm not going to go into it. But but God is God, God is so God creative so that during this uh, during this entire experience, um, I managed to also get a quality of work that that actually suit my my circumstances. You know, like I mentioned earlier to, in your show, you know, I work with kids in person as a life coach and an animator, but I couldn't do that when going through therapy. Um, but God facilitated my, um, God facilitated my experience financially by providing me with work that that not only allows me to to work from home as a recovering cancer patient, but actually paid like thirty percent more than what I was working, what I was earning previously. So very. 
the 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 birds don't need to worry about where their food are coming from. And if they don't need to, God, God's God. You just have to trust. That's it. You have to trust because you know today I was just talking to someone and they were saying that because they procrastinated and I said, you know what, my father, he's a king, and he takes care of his children. So when he see the need is there, he'll give it to you at the exact right time. He wouldn't give right, it before right. because he knows that you're not listening. But then when he sees that you really have, you are listening and you change and you need him and he sees that now is the time, he will grant you his favor. So we just yeah, have to yeah. trust and believe and hold ourselves accountable that we have to develop that relationship with him. So when that relationship is there, we know whatever, because if we have parents, yeah, sometimes they are not there, but when you really are connected with a parent, the parents will give you everything that you, they think you deserve. That's God. He gives yeah, you what yeah. your heart's desire and what you deserve, and you know what's best for you. And you know, too, what you can manage, because sometimes you're not able to manage it as yet until the right time mm-hmm. when you see, okay, now I think he can manage it. And right, that's where right. he is now, you know? So, yeah, no, yeah. you're, so, you're uh, absolutely uh, right. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like there so, has yeah, been yeah, I'm, I, it's like, like Abraham is a really really influential character of scripture for me because the only thing that made him uniquely different was his capacity to believe in the promises of God mm-hmm. he, he believed when God told him that he would multiply his seed throughout the, the world he actually believed and that's what made him significant I need to believe that God has a plan for my life life. at the the mountain peaks peaks, mm -hmm. and also at the valleys. That's right. Because when you're in the valley, you know when you're in the valley, he's just pruning you really and preparing to climb a hill. Because when you get up to the mountaintop, that's where you're going to be looking down to the valley and say, I came from there. I was there right now. I made it. Thank you. You know what I mean? So, So I'm just so so happy to know that you was down in the valley and now you are at a mountaintop giving all that praise and glory to yeah, God yeah. And, and knowing that which is struggles that you had hope and you were hopeful and the reward is just hearing your voice of just joy <laughs> just just gravitates to everyone that would listen to this podcast right, right. And knowing that there is hope over there and there yeah, is um, yeah. as you really have that connection with him, as I said before. So you said you're living your best life. So what's on your bucket list? Do you have anything you want to share that's on your bucket list you would like to accomplish? Because oh you know God. that when you, what is that when, you are, when you are in remission, you know, you can think and, and either you change to be different or you be stagnant and be the same. So yeah, on your bucket yeah. list, what do you want to do? Do you want to share a little with us? Sure. sure. Yeah, no, yeah, no, I am I, uh, actually... actually in within uh, within 45 days uh going to be launching a really awesome ministry on instagram uh called uh jaman j essentially tell us more go ahead please yeah uh jaman j is going to be a uh, very, uh, very, very precise, precise ministry, ministry where, where I talk, I talk about, about the love of Jesus, Jesus as, perceived as perceived through my life, Jay, and Jesus's experience, and as a man. 
Um, uh, I, want I want to communicate the love of God and the God promise of Jesus, Jesus to, to um, anyone who is looking for a better for a way of better doing way life. life. And, and God has God really put it on my heart, on my heart to, to speak to, to everyone, everyone I can on social media to do that. Do that. Um, so um, I'll so be I'll launching be that page in 45 days, um, and, and I'll be doing that in partnership with a local ministry I work with I work here, here uh, called Grace Point. Point. Um, I also hope, uh, I also hope to have uh, three kids within the next five years. But, you know, that's between me and my wife. So, we'll see. God bless you guys, and I, and I can't wait to see them. God bless yeah. you guys. We yeah. hope that you are successful with your endeavors and you enjoy you enjoy having a family and and, and be blessed and, and make memories and create memories that there's be laughters all over your home and and in your space and be contented with, with, with your relationship. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much for taking the time with me today, Rosalind. And anyone who's listening and took the time to pray for me, I want you to know that your prayers make a massive colossal difference in the experience of the person you are praying for. Don't stop. Don't cease. Don't let up. Amen. So um, on the podcast is a three R, recharge, rebuild, and restored. Which season would you say that you're in right now? I want to say wanna... that I am in the, the season of rebuilding. Um, there are some very real uh, challenges that I'm still navigating um, outside of, of, uh, of my my remission. Um, right. Praise the Lord, I was uh, declared in remission just about a month ago, but um, my body is still grappling with the side effects of chemotherapy, so I'm still rebuilding. Um, this entire experience has redefined how I want to communicate Jesus to the world. Uh, so I'm rebuilding my, my message on that platform. And I'm also taking the time to rebuild my personal relationships, realigning and reorienting the people that I need to be spending more time with and, and prioritizing. Beautiful. Well said. And there's one more thing we usually do on the podcast is give, we can do a song or give a quote or do a poem. So to, to the people that will listen to the podcast, just um, speak to them and with an encouraging word if you want to, or a song or a quote from your favorite uh, author or something you have learned before. So go ahead. Yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh. An interesting, uh, an interesting quote. You know, I'm, I'm definitely a, a quote kind of person. So I would need to, to find one that, that really, really works with me. Um, <laughs> I wish I had a, ch a chance to actually to choose this because I, I honestly <laughs> have so many quotes that I want to choose from that I, I have a hard time choosing on the, on the fly. Are you, or why don't you, why don't you stimulate me, Rosalind? When you, when you ask this question, uh, what do your, your participants mainly give? Do they mainly give 
um, quotes, or do they mainly give songs or, or something else? Usually, they, they would just speak to to the audience uh, and encourage them to to do different things. So, for you, what do you want to encourage your, your audience to don't um, don't think that you know your body well enough, take the time to listen and go over there to tell others or um, give encouragement to cancer patients or to family or um, caregivers. So it's your choice and what you want to give a quote on. We could just talk to the audience and- Oh and yeah, all. okay, perfect. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, okay. <laughs> I definitely know what I'm gonna say. I would love to communicate. Um, um, you know, and I was just speaking was about speaking this not too long ago. Long it's long that, that um, emotional, emotional intelligence, intelligence goes a long goes way in, in any community any that you serve. Sir. And quite and often, often uh, the uh, one who um, uh, is, is able, able to, make to make the, the I'm, sorry, I'm sorry, the most intelligent person in any room is the person who can make the most wounded person in any room feel seen, accepted, and heard. This experience has made me feel extremely marginalized. I felt like I didn't have a voice. I felt like I didn't have very much value or worth because all of those things were diminishing. I had such I physical, physical gains. I had made I such made amazing intellectual gains, and all of them went down the toilet, toilet all at the same, all time. At the same time. And, and, and there were specific, there were specific people, people in my life that took, that the, time took the time to see to me, see me really, really see me on a spiritual, on a spiritual level, see me on an intellectual level, and see me on a physical level. And those people restored my being. Those were those, those people, people through, through, through Jesus, Jesus were able, were to, able to restore my restore life. life. And I and think I that think if that I want to encourage our, our, our listeners to do anything, it's to it's take, take the time to actually see people for for who they who are, they are um, onboard, onboard them into your life. life. And, and God will have it that, that your life will never be the same. Amen. Well said, Jason. Well, Mr. Jason Miller, it was a privilege. I thank you. I appreciate you for taking the opportunity to come onto the podcast and, and share your story with us. Please do not be a stranger to the podcast. Come yeah, back, yeah. Let us follow up, let us know what's happening. And one more thing, how can we reach you and where can we reach you? And what, as you said about before with your Instagram, please tell us the name of your Instagram and give us all the details of where can we meet, how can we reach out and find you? Yeah, you yeah, can find me on find Instagram me on at jaw ja period man period J. So that's J at J-A-H dot J-A-Y. Oh, I apologize. It's at J-A-H dot M-A-N dot J-A-Y. Uh, ja, uh, ja, man, 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 J. You can find me on Instagram and add me, be a friend, follow me, and we can follow Jesus together. Um, that's definitely my hope. Uh, you can also find me. Um, I run a weekly um, young adults um, Bible study um, uh, on with Adventist young professionals. Um, so if you go to ayp.org, uh, you can definitely join me there. 
And um, otherwise, um, you can email me uh, and invite me to share this testimony or speak at your local um, group at jason.miller40 at gmail.com. Thank you, Jason, so much. And you have a wonderful evening. Please say hello to your lovely wife and thank her so much for the support that she has supported you, that you're able to be here with us right now and your family to share your testimony to the world. Have a good night. Have a good night, Rosalind. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.